if when we're willing to step out of that box or that pre-planned whatever agenda for our life, that's when like the magic happens. Hi everyone, I'm Annika and this is the Tried and Truth Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Tried and Truth Podcast. I am so excited that you are joining us in this conversation with Jenny Nuccio. She is the CEO of Amani Collective and also the co-founder of the School of Ethical Impact. She is inviting us into so much of her story and just taking us back to her early 20s when a few trips to Kenya just turned into a business that she launched with a small skill she had acquired, not necessarily in school, but back in elementary school, preparing for a school event. And now she has built an incredible life and business around creating opportunities and building partnerships, strengthening relationships, helping change makers and leaders create greater impact through so much of the work that she's doing. So I'm so excited for you to hear what she has to share today and just as she challenges us all to think about how we can have greater impact right where we are. So take a listen. Jenny, thanks for joining me today. Thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. So I have been personally following so much of your stuff for quite a while now. Love all the stuff that you're doing. But for those who are listening, I would love for you just to shed a little light on who you are, what you're up to, and all the things that you're really up to, because I think it's really cool, really exciting. So share your story a little bit with us. Yeah, absolutely. So most people know me as the founder of Amani Collective. And so I started just how I got into that. I just started going to Kenya in 2009. Uh, I was working back then was working with a community development project. um, And through uh, working with them, that's where we met. I met our first original women who were part of our program. And so I call them the pioneers of Amani. There was 16 in the beginning. And if you fast forward to where we are today, we have over 110 artisans and staff um, in Amani Collective in Kenya. Yeah. So, but we started as a training program. My whole desire was these women were already empowered and they just, I became friends with them over many years and um, they asked for some sort of skill and training. And all I knew, the basic thing that I knew was sewing. And so I knew I could, uh, you know, provide something like that, but I had no idea like what it would turn into because my desire was again, just to create an opportunity and, and let them run with it and see what happens. And so over the years, I realized I wanted to create something more sustainable for them where they could have this consistent dignified work. And I think as many, if there are social entrepreneurs listening or anyone who started a small brand, um, the greatest, uh, like the greatest challenge for these these amazing artisan or these, these skills that they have is the lack, the lack of market access that they have. So we started mm-hmm. to create kind of that, you know, that market and growing that. And so that's a money collective a little bit in a nutshell, just how I started, but, um, I now live there. I've spent a third of my life in, um, Kenya, which is crazy to say, crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, my, my kid, I have a, I'm a mother. So I wear a lot of hats. I'm a mother I have a five, three and one year old. So I stay really busy. Um, currently all the things that are happening, we just got off the, the road from an RV trip for two months. And so that's been (laughs) wild. And yeah, I just currently am in Texas, but about to head back um, home to Kenya. So just, we stay really, really busy, Um, somewhat of nomads, but our home is in Kenya and I'm excited to get back. 
That is amazing. So many, just so much. There's so much, (laughs) a little bit of everything everywhere, which is really fascinating. Um, So one of the things you just said was just that you wanted to create an opportunity for people. Um, Talk to us a little bit more about that. Like when you were in school, were you thinking, I want to go out and create an opportunity? Or was it like, I'm going to get this degree and create an opportunity for myself that just evolved into opportunities for other people? Or tell us a little more about that. Yeah. You know, I don't think I knew what I was. Well, I know I knew. Let's let me rephrase this. I know I did not know what I was doing. Which is good encouragement because nobody does. Right. Everyone feels like I have to pick a field and this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. And it's not. (laughs) Right. Exactly. And I think there's a beauty in this like young not just being young, but also this naiveness. I was talking to someone the other day. So it was like this bliss of just like insane courage that you have that like now I, as I've gotten older, as like we've grown Amani and I have to think and ask different questions, you know, I, um, I've lost a little bit of my spontaneity and just like, you know, risk and different things. And back then it's just like, I don't know, there's just like this beauty of being a little bit, um, risky and naive in that, but I would say, so at that time I was finishing, I was finishing my undergrad going into my master's program and I, I was going and visiting Kenya, like between summers. And I always, my excuse to always come back to the States was, well, I have to finish school or I have to do this. So my background was in leadership development and that's where I was, you know, getting my degree and my focus on. So what I was doing in the community was just really building relationships. And so I always encourage people that when they go to places or they go into different areas to radically listen to what's going on around them. And I think that's, that's what kept me in Kenya. And that's what, that's what, where Imani Collective was just rooted from. Um, and then there is this, people always ask, well, did you always know you were going to move there? And no, I absolutely loved my life in Texas. And I think that's the, this beauty of also listening to this still small voice within you and paying attention to that, because I think God gave me these like very two clear paths that I, if I would have taken the other one, I know he would have honored it mm-hmm. and it would have been a beautiful life. Um, but I was finishing grad school at that time, which seems like so long ago, I was like a CrossFit coach. Like that's a different life. I was like <laughs> marketing director of the sustainable bike brands, like really cool stuff. And I was, you know, had a, what you would want right out of school, like company car, like really good salary, all these benefits. But then there's just this like, every year I was always going back to Kenya. And every time I stepped in, in Kenya, it was like this piece that just resonated. Mm. Um, and I just couldn't stop ignoring that. Um, so it was actually, it wasn't like a smooth transition for me. I sold everything. So I did sell everything <laughs> and I moved to Kenya, but the first month I was actually pretty like upset or angry. Cause I was like, why am I here? But there was like one side of me, I had this like really, you know, immense amount of peace. And I was like with, with the women and we were going to start something. We had no idea what it was going to be. Then it was just like, I'm here now. Let's start something. <laughs> and then the other side, I was angry because I let go of all this stuff and I still wasn't sure. Cause I didn't mm. have, I didn't go in with a strategy or to plan or anything. I didn't do it before. And so I kind of, you know, built it as we, as we grew, um, Yeah. But then once I, once I just really settled in of like trusting that feeling, um, and really listening to, to what the women, you know, were asking for and then seeing what we could do together. That's when everything started to like pieces of the puzzle, you know, started to come through and it's, 
wasn't easy. <laughs> like, you know, I think the whole road, it was, there were many, many moments that I just wanted to stop and quit. Um, but they were the ones that kind of always pushed me forward and gave me like that, that hope for what's next. I love that. Just the still small voice. And I think so often we drown out the still small voice because we feel like it's not, it doesn't make sense. It's not practical. Why am I feeling this? And so we go back to what we know is comfortable, what we know is secure, what we know is, you know, the path to success. And yet there's this desire within that we're called to step into. And I just feel like we don't amplify that still small voice enough in our lives. And I, I love what you've done with that. I'm curious to hear, like, how did sewing come in? Because you said you knew how to sew. <laughs> so, <laughs> and that's what you taught them. So how did uh, sewing play into this? <laughs> I don't know. I knew like people are like, oh, she must be a designer. No, I absolutely don't know how to design. The first line of things we made was terrible, like terrible. I call them my pity purchases. Like when people <laughs> bought like these <laughs> We were definitely one of the craft businesses back then. If you call me a craft business today, I'll be very upset with you. But because I'm like, no, you're an ethical lifestyle brand. Um, but back then we were definitely crafty. Um, and I knew basic sewing for my grandma. So when I was actually in elementary school, we in fifth grade, I remember we had this um I don't think they called it like an entrepreneurship day. It was like a business day. So you had to like create a business, you know, and they had like a little market thing you would set up. So it's like you made something and then um, they would have a day where every kid or whatever had their table and then you would go around and actually buy from them. Right. And so they taught you like price of goods and all of that. And at that, it's so funny reflecting on that story because like never intended to be an entrepreneur. It just kind of landed in my lap. And so on that market day, I decided to take recycled t-shirts and make them into t-shirt pillows. And so how cute! literally all I knew was from like my grandma's singer sewing machine and like sewing the little size of the t-shirt. <laughs> so like four basic four so, size. So like, <laughs> So when I say I know sewing, it's to that extent. So I learned with the women, but I knew that with what I sold um, and when I moved over, I had enough that I could purchase machines. We could start with some supply. We could, um, and then I partnered with a local um, really seamstress like trainer who came in and helped um, teach that skill. So that's so cool. I think, you know, so often I feel like we think we need to have and know everything. And it's like, you just need to know just enough, right? Just enough to just take the next mm -hmm. step and just be faithful with that and just trust what right. that evolves into. I look, back, I look back and like my, my giftings are like, yeah, they involve leadership and, um, like really like my, my gifts are like ideation and activating and I'm an activator by nature and I can lead and I can administrate and put it all together. So I was like, oh yeah, when I, when I see my journey, it's like the Lord just put me in that place to like get the right people with the right skills. And I just kind of, you know, put the puzzle together. So good stuff. I love what you said just about, you know, leadership being relational. And I think, mm -hmm. A lot of people misconstrue leadership for authority or power. And one thing that I find is a lot of people who, let's say they had a craft or a skill and now they're in a leadership role and they, they don't know what to do. It's like, I just want to do my craft. And it's like, but life is about relationships. And I, I feel like a lot of people, it's easy for some, and I think others struggle with it, but I love what you just said about, 
you know, building relationships. Like that's how, that's what you knew how to do is just connect with people and find common grounds and just help people feel seen and valued and get to know their skills and their stories. And I think that honestly is so much of what leadership really is about is it's courage and relationships. And I think people really overcomplicate so much of that. So yeah, Yeah. I I love that you shed some light on that too. I think we grow up in, we really just grow up in a society, right? That it is about having a plan and it is about these tasks and it is the next step. And if, when we're willing to step out of that box or that, that, that pre planned, whatever agenda for our life, that's when like the magic happens. Cause Mm. I think, you know, I, I never traveled when I was younger. I didn't, I did not start traveling until I was 18. And so I'm the wild one in my family and I go everywhere. Um, my whole family is still here, you know, in Texas. So it's like, um, you know, just kind of going against the, going against that, um, of just like, they're just thoughts of what I was doing. So, and, and, and not letting it bother me either at a young age. Right. So it's like, um, now I'm old enough. I'm older where I'm like, Oh, well, you know, like I've created a name for myself now. Like your, your opinions of me don't necessarily bother me anymore. But when you're younger, I think, you know, you can be discouraged of just your age and your lack of experience. And I remember that being my biggest challenge growing Imani is, I mean, I started it when I was 20. And so you like, yeah, I can't even like all the conversations I had where people are like, what, like, what are you doing? You know? And so, um, now being in my thirties and looking back and like, it's just so funny how it changes the whole dynamic changes and people are like, Oh, she knows what she's doing. And I'm like, well, I kind of know what I was doing then too. Now, of course I have a lot more credibility, but I think just being confident in that, in that step, because there'll always be adversity, especially when you're young, but also, especially when you go against the norm um, and you have to be willing again, like, like we mentioned, following that still small voice and knowing yeah. that it's not going to be easy, but it's, it's going to be more fulfilling because you're actually listening, radically listening to yourself. And then also what's happening around you. In the course of growing Amani and all the other things that you've you've created, is there something you just say, like the one thing I wish I knew sooner was, is there anything that comes top of mind? Shut up and put my pride down. Like, just like, (laughs) it's okay. Like, I think for me, um, there was, mm, there was just like, my drive was the wrong drive in the beginning. Like there was definitely a drive, part of my drive of like, I want to prove you wrong. And that was like the wrong intention Mm. for like what I was doing. Right. Um, and I was just, I'm an Enneagram eight. So I'm a very like, watch me like (laughs) do this. Um, but that like in the really hard moments that made those moments even harder because I wasn't really like honing into my why or like, you know, Mm. all of that. And I think once I re it was probably a couple years into, I mean, it took like three or four years before I was like, okay, this is not going to create longevity for me, sustainability for me. I'm going to keep like getting to the, to the brink of burnout. If I, if I do not, if I'm not, if I do not reassess why I'm on this path and why I'm doing this, because if I'm doing this to prove other people wrong and for their like, Oh, pat on the back of like, yeah, you did it. You approved me. wrong. (laughs) Like that's not going to be fulfilling either. And so I had to like, have this really like come to Jesus moment of like, why am I doing this? Um, and is it the right intention and is the impact that's happening, um, also aligning with that intention too. I talk a lot about that with, 
um, social entrepreneurs that I coach in the school of ethical impact of like, you might have the greatest intention, but does what's, what's your intention versus what's the actual impact and understanding that. And I think, um, if I went back, I think taking some advice, um, realizing that I didn't need to reinvent the wheel on everything. Um, and that partnerships Mm -hmm. are beautiful. Um, one of the things that I also teach is just like partnerships and collaboration. Like we're meant to do this world together in community. So why don't we do that in business too? Like stop seeing each other as competition, especially in the social entrepreneurship world. Like we're so aligned with our purpose that it gets a little personal, right? When you, when people ask for advice or they want, they want like, you know, maybe some shortcuts or we might see it as shortcuts and you're like, no, I spent so much time trying to build this and we need to get over that. And so I think once I like realized how valuable partnerships were, that's also changed a lot about what I do and how I do it. And also how I run a money collective. That's really good. Good stuff. You touched a little bit on the school of ethical impact. Talk to us more about that. Yeah. So my path was really isolating and lonely when I built Amani. I felt I, you know, when I started it, it, social entrepreneur, social enterprise, social impact, like these terms weren't necessarily coined yet. They were just starting to develop. Um, and I remember reaching out to several, I, I say this in a lot of podcasts, but several people like who are a, a couple years ahead of me, who are now actually really good friends with me, but they never responded. Like, I'd be like, Hey, can you help me with this? Or do you know how to do this? Or, Hey, like we're in completely different regions of the world, but you're doing awesome work. Can, can we just like have a coffee, you know, like, and maybe I pick your brain. Um, and it's funny now being on the other side and getting that. Um, but no one ever responded. And so I had to make a lot of mistakes. I failed a lot um, and had to learn um, just by experience, which is, you know, also a great way to do that. But there's this isolating side again, where you're going back to when we're talking about partnerships, like what was happening back then is again, people were just paving the way of a new sector. And when I look now and because I've have, have conversations with these people now, they didn't even know what they were doing. So they didn't necessarily know the right advice <laughs> to, to give say. either, you know? Um, and so now when I fast forward today, like I don't want other, like the next generation or other social entrepreneurs or people who are in this space who are navigating what it means to make profit, but also leverage your profit for good and create impact. And how do you do that together in a beautiful way? Um, there's a lot of people doing it and they don't have the right tools to do it. Um, universities and certificates and things like that are now popping up in the last couple of years for social entrepreneurship programs. And that's amazing because we need infrastructure around that, but I wanted to create a space for that. And so it is, um, an incubator program. It's 12 modules and, um, and it's not just pre-recorded stuff. It's like high touch. So I get, I get to coach and walk alongside um, so many entrepreneurs, the spring cohort, we have 13 and then the fall cohort, we have 11. So I've been, and that one just launched. So it's really fun for me to dig deep with um, individuals who do right now feel alone. And I kind of get to alleviate that pain point and support them with my co-founder Haley um, and give them the right networks and the tools um, to be able to grow. So 
That's really great. What about as these individuals go through this program? I know that there are some things that you all teach and train and, and go through, you know, in this high touch program about helping them like clarify kind of their purpose and, mm-hmm. and teach them about leadership. Um, I know one of the things you talk about is like transformational leadership. And so I'd love for you just to touch on a little bit of that, because I think that there's a, a gap in how that's taught or trained. And I'd be curious just to hear kind of your take or thoughts on how you guide people through explaining that. Yeah. So first, yeah, we always say you need to start with your mission. You need to know your values. In fact, I would say the first module, some people feel like they're taking a step backwards because mm-hmm. they're like, I want all the juicy stuff. And I'm like, yes, but you need some foundational work because <laughs> You, if you don't know your mission, if you don't know your values, when you get to those harder decisions where maybe you have an opportunity, but that company that wants to purchase from you or whatever that is, don't, they do not align with your values. If you don't know that you might say a yes to an opportunity you should have said no to. And the opportunity might look really good. Like I've said no to opportunities of tens, tens of thousands of dollars because they didn't align with who we are. And when you look at the price tag of it, you're like, Ooh, this would be so awesome. Um, but at the, on the other end, you're like, you, you feel confident and really good in that because you again, know who you are. And so we start with that. And then I always say, you know, there's these transactional pieces you'll get from us because I, I don't want to always just teach with high level frameworks and then not give you practical tools. So there's tons of like bonuses and workbooks and all of that, that we go through. And so that's that transaction piece, but it is a transformative process because there's three spheres, um, that we really work in. It's like, you're working in your business. So you're trying to create an ethical impact business. And that is going to overflow to your leadership, which is also going to overflow to your lifestyle. So I tell people, if you're coming in to transform your business, like get ready because your whole life is going to change Mm. because in every question that we start to chat, all the questions we start to challenge you in, um, like when we look at our sustainability framework, we have purpose, people, planet, profit, and partnerships. And we find that, that you need to ask questions in all of those areas and everything you do in your business. And when you start to do that, that is immediately going to happen in your life. You're Mm -hmm. going to start to change and alter and all of that. And so on your leadership, this is another thing. So we talk about ethical impact leadership and I kind of say it encompasses transformational leadership, servant leadership, um, situational leadership. There's a lot of different leadership theories that I could geek out on and throw at you, (laughs) but in a transformative leader, right? We want to see again, that it's not just a quick transaction. It's not this quick handout. We want to fight against that, like, um, handout mentality that we want to create, um, communities that are rising above that all over the world. And that takes transformation and that takes time. And so there, uh, my favorite question I get is, Hey, Jenny, I want to travel to X country and I'm going to be there for three weeks and I'm going to set up this program. And then I'm going to come back to the United States. How do I do that? And I'm like, well, well like um that's one really fast like and anything that you do has to be built on relationships because relationships build trust trust builds credibility credibility builds you know builds formative things and so if you don't have relationships there and you're just trying to do this quick fix quick task like check off the box like what we're raised in our western society like that's not going to be the long-term like impact that you want to make. And so as a leader, we want 
you to think through some of those things that it's not just this like, Hey, I'm coming and I'm, I'm using, I have a power play. Like being a leader is not, you know, it's not just about this power player being of authority, but it's actually being on the same level of whoever you're leading. Right. So it's this honest conversation. It's this vulnerability. And, and we hear that a lot from Brene Brown about this vulnerable leadership or what that looks like. And Mm -hmm. if you're not willing to show up, you know, for your people, you're not willing to open up for them as well. Um, then they won't do that for you either. And so that's where transformation begins with you, right? It begins with you. And so that's what we challenge people is like, if you want to see impact out there, if you want to see it in your business, like it starts with you. I think that's really good. I think we feel like so much, not we, but so many people, right? (laughs) Sometimes Mm -hmm. we, you feel like so much is out of your control because if this would just happen or the situation would look different or the staff was different, it's like, well, it starts with you. It all starts with you and you have that ability. You have more control than you think to create and to engage that and foster that environment and that culture and that conversation. And it's not a quick fix. Like you said, it, it goes in like authentically really caring about people and building that trust up front. Yeah. I think that that's really, that's really good. Um, for people. So, you know, some of the people that are, that are listening, maybe they, they have a business, they're part of a company, or maybe they just want to support a lot of these companies. I know a lot of, you know, what you talk about is just being able to create change, but what about just for like everybody, if there was something that you could say, here's one small thing you could do to just help change the world right where you are, what would you say? Yeah, I would say start with what you care about the most. So I think when people think about doing, being conscious consumers, or they think about being ethical in their purchasing, they get overwhelmed. One, because there's lots of causes that is growing. There's lots of things like, oh, should I use plastic? Oh my gosh. What about these straws and turtles? And (laughs) there's just like all these things like, and they're all important. Okay. But what do you care about? And start with that. And so like, for me, like even I would say in the last five years, you know, as like, yes, I started an ethical brand, but as an ethical consumer and a conscious consumer, I started with apparel, right. And things that I'm like, okay, well, I know that all my jewelry, like all my jewelry and everything I wear is from artisan made, like everything, you know, I try as much to be like capsule minimalistic wardrobe and like really honor that. And so like, that's where I started and I've branched out over the years, which drives my husband insane. He's like, what are you like? What are you getting rid of now? What are you doing now? But so know that if you change your life, I understand. I resonate with you on that one very much. Cause he's like convenience, convenience, you know? So that's the thing too. So like, also like, don't be so hard on yourself. Okay. I use Ziploc bags. I love them. Okay. And I'm okay with that. And so like, um, to be like, we talk about ethical is about progress, not perfection. I think people get so caught up in that, like you will always be progressing. Like there will never be perfect. And so do what you can and be be proud of what you can and what you don't want to do or what you, because you have five kids and you need convenience, that's okay. Like we need to be willing to give ourselves grace in that. Like Mm. we're not perfect and no one is. And in fact, like to give you a perspective, I don't know what blog it is, but I, I like watched, I think I, it was like six or seven years ago. I found this blog of this woman who tried to be plastic free, like completely plastic free, impossible. It was impossible. She like went through this whole journey. And so 
So people have tried to do this, but it's nearly impossible. And the way our world is set up, like you can't do everything perfect. So just start with what you love because that will be more enjoyable than forcing, like forcing something that might be harder at this moment or this stage of life that you're in. No, I love that. I had the um, co-founder of Branch Basics on the podcast and we were talking about healthy living because I think for a lot of people, you know, A, sometimes there's people maybe in your household, you know, not calling anyone out, but like they don't (laughs) always agree. Like, why do you have to buy that? Why can't we just buy this product? And uh, we talked a little bit about that, but just about you know, creating that balance. And one of the things she said, which I love so much, she's like, you know, I don't want to be the parent who like the donuts always get to, you always get to go with daddy to get donuts, but not mommy. Like I want to be the fun parent too. And I think whether it's food or products or lifestyle or things that you support, I think we have to find this place. She just kind of talked about it's this balance. Like we can't just go plastic free. We can't just go, you know, I think people want to be so extreme and then they carry guilt and shame, which are just like, horrible trauma on your mind that you should never have to bear or carry. And so mm-hmm. it's like, just give yourself some grace and, you know, make the choices that that you can and that you care about. And like you said, I don't think the world is set up for us to have a perfect life, right? It's just not, yeah. I don't think, I know, yeah. I know <laughs> it's not set up for that. And so just picking and choosing, you know, what conscious or ethical or healthy or whatever that is um, for you, but also giving yourself grace in that word as you embrace that, because it is really hard to do every single thing. But I think just knowing that you did as many as you knew you could do, I think is, is good enough. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's good Absolutely. enough. Um, any advice or tips that you have on how like others in, whether it's a big company that they work for or a business that they're creating can just have greater impact in the work that they do. Like what's something that maybe they could walk back to the work that they're doing and ask themselves a few questions today on how they might be able just to do more than what they're doing right now. I think, especially right now, I think a lot of people feel stuck. People Mm -hmm. have, you know, grown their business or their team or their department, or maybe it's just in parenting right now, whatever it is, you kind of just feel like, okay, we've been through this very strange two years of just, and Mm -hmm. some questions to just go back and ask themselves that can maybe just prompt them to just feeling a little more alive and impactful in what they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I question, would, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I would go back to the P's though. Right. So like when we ask like purpose, what is your purpose profit? How are you leveraging your profit for good partnerships? Who are you partnering with to mm-hmm. increase your impacts? Like planet, how are you in anything and everything you do, especially if you own a business, like what's your supply chain? How are you touching the planet? And again, that's not going to be perfect. Um, and then of course, um, what am I missing people? Oh yeah. Like who are the people that you're serving? And so that's really important to know, to know that, like, is that your local community is the people you're serving your family and that's the season you're in, but to know what that is also just because I have this book with me, Um, My friends, Maggie Miller and Hannah Noakes wrote this book. It's called Magnify Your Impact. Um, So go get the book and that will just get to everything. I love my friend. I have tons of friends who write amazing books, Um, but it's powering profit with purpose. And it just, it's all it is about like, how do you take your company and your life and have a little bit more purpose in it? So that's um, awesome. I will include that in the show notes too. There you go. There you go, Hannah, Maggie. Yeah, no, they're great. Um, So yeah, I would just ask those questions like and continuously checking in because I I share this a lot with with people too is like your your value should stay relatively the same, right? That's who you are. Um, 
but your goals and, and your aspirations and what you're chasing after in life, um, change, you change as an individual, you mature and you grow. And so you need to have a check-in with yourself. So every three months I have my, like, or I tell our students right now to like put on their calendar, like just already put it in the calendar, a half day or a full day to check in with yourself because you're always changing. And so you want to check in with your goals. You want to be able to like reignite that passion for what you're doing. And guess what? If you're doing something that you're like, you literally, it sucks the energy out of you, then take it out of your life. Like you have control of that. I think we, we forget how much we have control of our own life. I don't know why we forget this, but you can literally change your schedule. So understand that, um, and give yourself permission to do that, you know? So. I think too, just that victim mentality. I think too many people find themselves of what was me in that victim mentality where there's just a world of opportunities and choices and it's, you know, some, some of the choices might be big, some might be small and they might not look exactly like you think they should look, but you do have ability to make those small, subtle shifts or turn the dials in certain areas of your life, at least just to get you to the next place. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. One of the things I love to ask um, guests on the podcast is just what does success look like to you? Because I think everybody has a different definition and I think it's so inspiring just to hear different people in different fields, just share what kind of they're chasing as far as a successful life. So I'd love for you to share your thoughts around that. Yeah, I would say this has changed drastically. Like if I look back at when I first started Imani and how I would define that um, to now, success is being fully aligned in everything I do. Um, Recently, I realized probably it was been probably in the last two years and everything that I do and everything that I'm touching, like I'm seeing the alignment of, my desire and my passion to help change makers or to do that. Like before I felt like my life was pretty segmented. It's like, Oh, I kind of do this dabble in this and I dabble in this, but in everything that I do and my, like even my doctoral research was focused on social entrepreneurs and their resource gaps. Like, so that could overflow into this school so that I could be a better leader in Imani so that I, you know, raise my children to be change makers in this world. And it just, I, in, in the conversations I have, and when you are more, when you're more aligned in every aspect of your life, um, there's this ease, like you, it's, you, it doesn't seem hard, you know? And I think that's where, um, that's where I, as an individual just feel successful. It's not a monetary thing. It's more, wow, like, no, I'm doing what lights me up and I'm aligned with those passions and purpose. So that's how just I like the it. alignment and alive, you know, you feel when you're aligned, you feel alive and it doesn't feel as hard. That's really good. And I think just encouraging yeah. to, like you said at the beginning of my definition would have changed, you know, it has changed. And I think that's encouraging for people to hear too, that your yeah. definition of success in this season might look different in your next season, because each season presents its own challenges and obstacles that we just want to achieve success in that, right? Just mm-hmm. getting, getting through those certain seasons, but how do you, how do you find alignment in any one of those seasons and, and make it easier on yourself to feel that sense of purpose and feel that sense of, of being alive, but just knowing that success might look differently in the next chapter. And that is okay too. Yeah. Yeah. That is okay too. Well, I love this conversation. This has been super insightful. I would love for you just to share where people can find you or where you want to direct people to, to follow along all the really cool things that you're doing. Yeah. So you can go to Imani Collective, find all the Q 
cute home decor, all that you want. Um, very cute. Can. Yes. Very cute. Go get it. <laughs> You can, if you are on a journey where you're growing, where you're starting growing or scaling a business, um, or gosh, I just have people, some of our students are just like in the ideation stage. They just want to, they're moving from corporate and want a different change in their life. Then I would go check out the school of ethical impact and what we have over there. Um, I run the school of ethical impact podcast. Also the Moxie podcast where I interview a lot of entrepreneurs and then, um, yeah. And then behind the scenes, you can just find me at Jenny Nuccio. So I post a lot of things of just being, yeah, a mom entrepreneur and being all over, as you know, all over the world. So if you want the behind the scenes, you can go find, find me there. What an inspiring conversation. I think just to hear people's stories like Jenny's and just to see how so much is possible. I think so often we get so focused on all the things we don't know rather than just launching from the things that we do know and stepping out in faith. And like she says, just radically listening to that still small voice within us to take that next step and do that next right thing and just see where the rest leads as we just think about what could it look like to just live a life of creating opportunities and live a life that's truly aligned to who we are. So I will share all the information about all of Jenny's work and everything she's got going on in the show notes, as well as the book that she mentioned that has been really helpful to her. Um, But in case you missed any of today's truths and takeaways, here are a couple. Number one, radically listen to what's going on around you and to that still small voice within you. Number two, you never know how your gifts, skills, or talents, no matter how small, can turn into something so big and so impactful. Number three, sometimes that magic starts to happen when we're willing to step out of this pre-planned, boxed-in agenda for our lives. Number four, we're meant to do this world together in community, so why don't we think about how we can do that in our businesses and our work too? Number five, everything that you do has to be built on relationships because relationships build trust, trust builds credibility, and credibility builds transformative things. Number six, being a leader is actually about being on the same level as those who you're leading, having honest conversations, being vulnerable. If you want to see impact out there and inside your business, it starts with you. Number seven, one small thing you can do to change the world right where you are is to start with what you care about most. Number eight, if you want to have greater impact in your work, do a life check-in with the five Ps. Your purpose, what is your purpose? Your profit, are you leveraging it for good? Your partnerships, who are you partnering with to increase your impact? Your uh, impact on the planet, what are you doing to help the planet? And lastly, the people that you are serving. Number nine, when you're more aligned in every aspect of your life, there is ease and it doesn't seem so hard. And lastly, create opportunities for people. Thanks for joining me in another great conversation with another great guest. So grateful for you and so grateful for our guest. If you haven't already, take a quick second to leave a review, subscribe to the podcast, many more exciting conversations and guests coming soon. Really looking forward to sharing all these with you. So, so keep doing all the amazing and awesome things that you're doing. And until next time, 